Welcome to Pursuit Church Mornington Podcast with Pastor Brian Carden. The message you're about to hear will help you build your faith in Christ and grow in the knowledge of His will. Let's go right into the message. Because you have made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High your habitation, there shall no evil befall thee. Can you get that in your spirit today? Can you get that in your mind today? Because you have made. Now, there's people that will stand far off, and it, it, but there's some that, that go with that in the spirit, that move with it in the spirit. You say, well, I don't know if that's for me. Well, why don't you get on the side that well, that's for me because that's, that's right there in the word, and I'm going with the word of God. I'm going with the spirit of God. There shall no evil befall me, befall your home, because you have made the Most High your habitation. Neither shall any plague or disaster. I talked about it last week, how that uh, is literally referring to whatever plague is on the earth. But we can't stand afar off on the other side of the Jordan. We need to cross over in it. You understand what I mean by that? You've got to cross over in that. And receive that. How do you receive it? Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And you, whenever you believe upon what God has said, it will become a reality in your life. Now you can doubt it, but that's the warfare you've got between your two ears to, to, to cast down imaginations that exhaust itself against the knowledge of God and bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Because the Holy Spirit, that's what, the, that's what Christ is. Christ is the anointing. That's why Jesus said in the last days, many people say, well, I'm anointed. But be careful because they will try to blend in. Well, here's uh, certain uh, things that's going on in the world with the word and try to legitimize and justify themselves <clears throat> as we see the day approaching. And we need to be very wise and believe God. Jesus gave warning that these things would take place. And he said, many will come. That's where we stay on the word of God. Neither shall any plague. That is not, and again, I kind of touched on that understanding that that word uh, disaster uh, in some translations that you might be reading there, gives an idea of something, but it actually is talking about leprosy. In that day, that was a big deal. So it wouldn't matter what disease, plague, or whatever it might be. I love the way the idea is that no evil shall befall thee. There is protection to those who are in that place and and learning how to abide in that place. There is protection in in God. Isn't that good news? Goes on to say, I'm going to skip down to verse 11. For he will give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in thy ways. When you begin to pray, your prayer begins to activate things in the spirit that you don't see. When you begin to pray, the Bible says he will give his angels charge over thee. They have a charge. When you begin to pray, they are already commanded and charged by God to respond. 
Isn't that something? Angels are, in the New Testament as well, it says that there are ministering spirits that minister for us. Angels are our ministers. They are our servants. Think about this for a moment. God's given them a charge to respond to things in the Spirit. When you begin to pray, he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. So angels are involved with keeping you from disease and from other things. Yes, think about it for a minute. Angels. Hebrews chapter 12 says it like this. Because when we pray and our prayers begin to, uh, are heard in the, in, in the spirit, they are. God, how many believe that God hears you when you pray? Raise your hand. If you believe God hears you when you pray, that means things are going on in the spiritual realm. Angels are, are, have a charge to move on your behalf. Oftentimes I've had people say, well, you know, and maybe you've heard this, even growing up, a lot of children are taught this by parents, you know, there's a, there's a guardian angel watching over you. There's a truth to that. But I want you to show you something a bit different. Hebrews chapter 12, look in verse 22. And this is, he's talking about us coming to the house of God when we gather together. This has been lost a lot in the church today and why we're not seeing a lot of supernatural manifestations as much as they should or movement in certain areas of the body of Christ today. Because we think we're coming to have fellowship with one another. We are. In a sense, we are but we're gathered together for a bigger purpose. And look what happens when we come together and we worship and and the word of God that is being preached. And this is what this touches on. Look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22. But you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God. You thought you came to pursuit today. I'm not kidding. I believe this. Whatever church and whomever is going wherever today, in Jesus' name, glory to God. Anyhow, you've you've come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. You've come to thousands upon thousands of myriads, or some translation says innumerable, company of angels. Oh, glory to God. In joyful assembly. To the general assembly in some translations. The Bible tells us that we shouldn't forsake ourselves, the assembling of ourselves together. And that's not just one and two. Don't get me wrong. I know that the Bible tells us, and I understand this, but we all follow that in well, that the were as many as two. Uh, or joined together, or, or two or three, uh, he says, I'm in the midst. But let me just say this for a second. That's not church. Don't get me wrong when you say, well, we're going to have church, but that's not the church. He says, I'm in the midst of that. I know we like to have that kind of concept, but let me just say this. That's not, that's not scriptural. And I can show you more of that another time. But in reality, even Paul used that terminology and said, I'm with you in the spirit. 
talking to Corinthians. He says, if there's two of you that's together and you, you, you're meeting that, I'm with you. And he's talking about in correction in certain areas. And again, I'm not going to go to all the details on this at the moment because that's not my message. Maybe I, need, I, maybe I need to teach on that at some point. But he says, you come to the church of the firstborn whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous made perfect. He's talking about us. To Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks better word than the blood of Abel. See to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. If they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, how much less will we if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven? And at that time, his voice shook the earth. But now, he has promised, once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. And the words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken, that is, created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we, have we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Isn't that amazing? When we worship, when we praise, when we gather together, we're not, we're not showing up alone and we're not coming just to pursue church. We're coming unto God. We're coming into the very presence and throne room of heaven to the general assembly of the firstborn of the new covenant with Jesus Christ and an innumerable company of angels. I think we need sometimes to have a different kind of attitude because you're in the presence of the living God. If Jesus was standing in front of you today instead of me, how would you be responding? He's here, and I'm not him. Think about that. Oh, bless the Lord. Sometimes we're too in the moment in the earthly mind. We have to learn how to work and move with the anointing of the Holy Spirit of God in prayer, in worship. You start refining in your worship, you're going to start refining your prayer life too. When you start understanding that when you come to God, you come before him, and you can do this at any time, in prayer, in worship, personally. The Bible says you have access unto the Father, but something happens when we come together corporately. The Bible says that when we come together corporately, when we assemble ourselves unto God, because we have all week long been responding to the word of God that we have received, that we have heard, that we have known, that we have developed, and we're responding to that in life, desiring to walk in that anointing and that grace and the power of the word of God and the spirit of God through our prayer and through our confession and through what we say and what we do, what we put our hand to, and everywhere that we go, Something begins to happen and change, not only on the outside, but on the inside. The Bible says that we have a, that, that when we do it, we have a worship that's acceptable with reverence and awe. Oh, glory to God. I love that. Praise God. Verse 12 says, and, and let me just stop just for a second. So how many angels are actually with you in prayer that gets activated in your time of prayer when you begin to pray, when you begin to seek God? 
We're not just talking about one angel. We're talking about an innumerable company of angels. You don't just have one angel. Look at this. Why? Verse 12 says, they shall bear thee up. They. It's talking about angels. The supernatural begins to work on your behalf. You are anointed. The very same spirit that was upon Jesus Christ is upon you. The same anointing of the Holy Ghost of God. You're not trying to get that. You've got that. You're not trying to become something. You are something. We have to learn how to work with what we have. What, we, what God has given to us which is greater than anything else that's in this world or even of the spirits of this age or what's going on in the world. Because the very same spirit, the Bible says, we have the same spirit. Isn't that beautiful? The very spirit of Christ. Oh, glory to God. And when we begin to in prayer in the name of Jesus, angels are just not just looking at you. They're looking at the grace that's on you. The anointing. Oh, think about it. An innumerable company of angels. They shall bear thee up in their hands. Remember what Satan did? One of the first parts of his temptation. The first thing that Satan did when Satan tempted Jesus after he was uh, baptized in the Holy Spirit of God and after, the, after his water baptism, he was water baptized and the Holy Spirit of God came upon him. And the Bible says that he went into the wilderness and he fasted there for 40 days and prayed. And at the end of that, see, we often... Here's the thing, guys. In prayer, angels are sometimes aren't the only ones that show up. Satan showed up and began to tempt him. Elisha's walking with Elijah and was tempted to stop in the process. If he would have stopped in the process, he would have never gotten what God had planned for him to have. Sometimes good, well-intended people don't realize what they're doing. They didn't keep moving. They were standing afar off. What if all 50 of them said, hey, we're not leaving you either, man. I'm in this. Come on. Oh, glory to God. I think God's looking for a church like that today. I think he's looking for people who are hungry for him and who, who say, hey, you know what, God? I can't do this thing without you. And I want to go all the way with you, and I want to fulfill your will and everything that you call for me and my household and everything. God, I know I'm going to need that anointing. If God teach me to use that anointing, that's what I'm doing today. I'm trying to help you. How to use that anointing in prayer. Use that, you know what is prayer? Your words coming out of your spirit. Getting your mind in line with that. And then you hold fast to the profession of what you have professed. Unto God in prayer? You say, well, it's not that easy. Well, I never said it was easy. If it was easy, you wouldn't be standing, there'd be, wouldn't be 50 sons of the prophets standing on the other side of the river, would there be? But let me just say it like this. That's a choice and a decision. A choice and a decision that any one of us can make. To continue with the anointing of God, to continue with the Holy Spirit of God and not back off and not just cave in to all of the other things going on. Caving in to the, to the doubt and the worry and the fear. Caving in to the no's and you can'ts and you, impossibles. Caving in to, well, we've never seen it like this before. 
caving in to, well, I, I'm not sure about all of that. No, we don't, we don't stop there. We believe God. And in prayer, when we pray, in according to the will, in faith, what is the will of God? It's faith. It's what you know. The level of faith that you, you have received in the Spirit. And you pray according to that. And the Bible says, because you know you're, you're praying according to the will of God. And if you, if you don't have wisdom in how to implement the will of God or understanding how to do it, then the Bible says ask for wisdom. Wisdom is the ability to apply knowledge correctly. The Holy Spirit begins to teach you. The anointing will teach you, the Bible says. That's when you're outside of the church, when you're doing it. When you're in the church as we serve and we worship and work together to, to take the message of the gospel outside of the four walls and disciple men and women within the four walls. The Bible says they will bear you up unless you dash your foot against a stone. Satan attempted Jesus there. The first thing that Satan did, he attacked the word. first thing he did to Jesus, he said, and Jesus looked at him and said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. That's how he, that's how he responded to the temptation. Satan tried to say, well, if you're all that, then do this. I tell you, there's a lot of people that try to tempt you. Even in your own mind, well, if you really were saved, if you really were anointed and filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Are you with me? Have you ever heard that, felt that? Huh? No, you need to settle in your heart. I am born again, glory to God. Not by my own works, by his work. I have faith in him. Praise God, I am saved. Jesus has delivered me. I am set free. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Lord, I think I have asked you to fill me with the Holy Spirit of God, and I'm G in Jesus' name, I receive that. I'm not even going to struggle with it. I'm just going to go ahead and flow with it. It's not that hard. If I can do it, I know everybody else can, trust me. Thank you very much. <laughs> it's true. It's true. My wife agrees. It's true. I'm telling you. Oh, yeah. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder and the young lion and the dragon. Thou shalt trample under feet. You know, that, that's verse 13. It, that's a very unique terminology. Have you ever had the roaring lion just roaring at you? I mean, just roaring and roaring and roaring and roaring. Huh? And it seems like, man, there's so much noise, it's hard to hear the voice of God. There's so much noise, man, my faith is getting clouded. There's so much noise going on. Man, it seems like when I take a step, I'm about to get bit. But when you walk by faith in the Spirit, and you begin to just encourage yourself in the Lord, and you begin to say, you know what, God, I know you have purposed and planned. God, I'm moving forward in the Spirit, and it seems like that I'm getting bit on every side. But you know what, this ain't going to destroy me. No, I already know you will. No matter how loud the noise is, your will will come to pass because you're watching over your word to perform it in my life, and I believe that, and I'm, I'm only just walking in it. All my job is to believe and walk in it. He's going to bring it to pass. I'm going to use the anointing. Bless the Lord, all my soul. 
Just start using the anointing. Just begin to enter into that place and just begin to say, you know what, God, I'm not going to worry about all of this. I'm not going to be anxious in all of this. God, and when you, when you do, listen, because we all do. We all going through that process. We all go through that process, but what do we do? We correct ourselves, get on track in the spirit, and we begin to say, you know what, God, I know you're going to bring this to pass. But think about Abraham. The Bible says he continually, he made mistakes along the way. He's the father, what we call the father of our faith, and this guy, he made some huge mistakes along the way. But he, got it, he eventually got it right in the spirit. And the Bible says he just continued to give God the glory and he continued to believe God and he, started, he stopped considering everything else that kept speaking to him. Everything that says you can't, it's impossible, you're too old, your wife can't produce, you can't produce, nothing can happen here. Oh, you've had every doctor tell you there's no way. You've had all the, are you with me? Everything that says in life that it's impossible but he would say, oh, yeah, well, with God, nothing's impossible. Even Jesus said that nothing's impossible to those who believe. We have, to fix, we have to get our believer in the spirit. We get our believer connected to our speaker. Instead of speaking out in agreement with all of the impossibilities and inabilities and how we feel and what's going on in the moment. You might even be going through something right now. And I mean, you're going through some things right now and you're thinking, my God, how is this going to change? God, when are you going to do this for me? And all of a sudden it settles in your heart. You know what? You already did this for me and this thing's got to get off of my life. In the name of Jesus Christ, all of these addictions are broken off of me. All of that sin is broken off of me. All of those areas in my life, I am free in the name of Jesus. You have no hold on my life any longer and I command you on the authority of the name of Jesus. Jesus to get off my life and you start using the anointing of the Holy Ghost God are you with me that's when all of a sudden it starts working for you the waters start parting you might get a little bit of water parting you go hey that, that got dry <laughs> still out there a little bit I'm going to slap this thing some more you'll start seeing it move come on Moses are you with me glory to God you see, we get to a place then in our prayer that we begin to say, God, I know I just thank you. I thank you, Father, for what you've done. God, I know it's not by might, not by power, but God, it's by your spirit. And Father, I thank you today. It's by that anointing. It's by your word, which I have believed in, the anointing of the Holy Ghost working in that area. God, I thank you, Lord, even angels are working in that area for me right now. God, I might not see what's going on in the natural, but I do know it in the spirit by your word. And God, I thank you, Father God, that it is coming to pass in the name of Jesus and nothing can hold it back. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Nothing's going to hold it back. Every word that rises up against it and tries to and judge it and tries to bring it down and say, no way, it's impossible. You're going to be with this all the rest of your life. No. No, your word is greater, and greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. I believe God. And we're using the anointing. We're using the anointing. We're using the anointing. We're learning how to pray. We're understanding what happens when we begin to pray. And we begin to understand that when we begin to pray, prayer gets results. You begin to understand the results of your prayers begin to take place. You begin to see these things. Some will happen immediately. Others are coming. 
Others are parting. Other things are happening in the spirit that you don't see. It's coming around. It's coming together. You know, one of the unique things about Isaiah 10, 27, where it talks about the anointing, in other translations, in other languages, when it says that the yoke is destroyed for the anointing because of the anointing, that word there, to destroy, means to rot away. Now, I want you to think about an old wooden yoke for a moment. It, they used to uh, take the yokes and they would oil these yokes up, and, 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 but if you didn't oil it up, it would dry up and rot. Are you with me? If you didn't oil it up, it would dry up and rot. Point is, 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 is the anointing right there, the Bible says it'll break that yoke that's on your life. It'll just dry, it's just going to dry up and rot off. And when it rots away, you just kind of walk free from it. You just kind of, there's some things that just rot off of you. Other things will just leave in the moment. Other things will just open in the moment. Other things are going to, are you with me right now? Does this make sense? Glory to God. Jesus said this in Mark chapter 11, verse 23. Jesus said, whosoever shall say, Mark eleven twenty three. See, we're talking about how to have prayer that gets results. Jesus said, first of all, verse 22, let's go there first. He says, have faith in God. That's a good, that's a good place to start, isn't it? Verse 22, Mark 11, have faith in God. Verse 23, because Peter and them are asking him, how did, how did that work for you? How did you do that? Because he, he said, he prayed, he, he said, and, and commanded a fig tree to die, from, and it died from the root. He said, how did you do that? Was that a kingdom trick? Was that something only deity could do? Was that something only you, your, you could do, Jesus? And Jesus said, no, let me, let me help you with it. He said, have faith in God. And then he told him, he says, for verily I say to you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into sea, and not doubt in your heart, but believe that those things which they say will come to pass, he'll have whatever he says. That's good news, isn't it? Therefore I say to you, Jesus said, what sort of things you desire when you pray? Believe you receive them. And you, eh, sometimes you'll get it, sometimes you don't. Is that what he said? Well, yeah, you might believe, but, you know. But listen, prayer isn't, isn't rolling the dice. It's not, we're not playing the lotto in prayer. If, if you feel like you're praying and you're playing lotto in the moment, then you need to change your attitude in prayer because you're not praying in faith. You're not believing. Is that okay? When you pray, believe you receive. How do you know you, you, you're going to receive it? Is because you received it when you prayed. Are you with me right now? Jesus said, what did he say? He said, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive it. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive it. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive it. I know, and I have prayed many prayers that I didn't believe I would receive. And I've had to correct myself. You know, there's a lot of times we have conversation in it throughout the day. But do you remember what you've said? Or were they just words just flying out of your mouth? 
that had really no depth and meaning to it in the end. We shouldn't pray like that. Believe you receive when you pray, and you'll have it. That's what Jesus said. Believe you receive when you pray, and you will have it. He said, and when you pray, when you are praying, forgive. For if you have aught against any, your Father which is also in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. And if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you your trespasses. Now, that's a tough thing there. He put a little condition on there, didn't he? He's talking about, he's talking about clearing the air in the spirit between your words falling on the ground or making a spiritual impact in the spiritual realm and in heaven. Jesus said, when you stand praying, forgive. If you have any ought against any, he didn't say if you have ought against everybody or many, ought against any, that means if you've got an issue with any. He said, when you stand praying, forgive. So that's a moment, that's in the moment when you, when you begin to pray, you know, and you're like, and you know you, this is weighing on you, you have to get to a place where you're like, you know, God, I've got to let that go. I've got to let that go. I've got ought there. You know what ought is, right? It's got an issue. I got, I'm, I'm holding something against somebody. And it, it's, it's, it's there. And God, I'm taking it before you. I'm letting, I'm forgive. I forgive them. Last night, I mentioned this, and I thought, and then when you think about it, how many of you in here tonight, you know, the Bible talks about heroes of faith. How would you like to be one of those heroes of faith in your life? Huh? I would like to be a hero of faith in the Spirit. Come on. But you know, the Bible says, of them, all of them, they did not love their lives unto death. That means they didn't love this life so much. It wasn't just about this life alone because we're eternal beings. We're seeing, we're seeing beyond this life. The Bible says they were willing to obey God in the cost. That's what he was talking about. We say we won't be heroes of faith, but faith is, is really kind of going upstream from the world in many areas. And the Bible teaches us here, the reason why I'm saying that is, is because we see it says if we, when we pray, we have to forgive. That's just not normal. To keep the slate clean in the spirit between you and God, that there's not a line of people between you that you got this issue with, that you gotta, you got to get through. But you have to forgive, but you don't know what they do to me. You don't understand how hard it is to forgive. We're all human. We've all had things that's been said or done against us or we, whatever it might be, or we feel like we've been wronged or whatever. That happens in, in families. It happens in uh, 
church. It happens in work. It happens in life. It happens when you're driving down the road and somebody you don't even know, and next thing you know, you just, you know, you know it happens in, we're, we're across the globe. Hatred. We've been wronged. The Bible says, stand, when you stand praying, forgive. And the reason why, not just that it clears the air in the spirit like that. And you begin to see prayer that gets results in your life. Psalms 91, verse 14. I'm closing with this. Bible tells us that angels are ministering, angels are working on our behalf. All of these things are coming to pass. He tells us that we'll tread out the attacks of Satan and all the roaring that's going on, coming against us in life and other things. We'll just tread it out. Think about it. It's under your feet. You'll tread on it. He didn't say everything's going to get removed. He says you'll walk on it. Be like Peter walking on the water, but you're just walking all the all the noise and life and all the snakes, so to speak. That's try. Are you with me? All the uh, venom that's out there. You're just gonna walk on it. You're gonna make it your platform in the spirit. You're just gonna step right on that nonsense. And he says in verse 14, he says, "Because he loves me." This is something we need to get in our spirit today. So important. Remind yourself. He loves. You. He loves you. I'm telling you, man, that'll, that, that'll, when you realize the love of God towards you, it goes on to say that the Lord says, I will rescue him, I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me, the Lord speaking, and I will answer him. And I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. And with long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. He's speaking about anyone. This is a word from the Lord to you. Saying, I love you. I love you. Thank you for listening to today. If you are wanting more of these timely messages and teachings, go to our website at Pursuit Church Mornington to find all the other ways you can access Pursuit Church ministry and messages.